0: Praise God. If you have your Bible today, we will be in Matthew chapter 3. I will touch on Exodus 13, but I'd rather just get you right there into Matthew chapter 3 this morning. And it's kind of the genesis of this is what I taught on Wednesday night if you were here and talking about when Jesus was baptized in the water by John the Baptist, the Spirit of God came down in bodily form like a dove and dwell in the Upon him, and uh, I, 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 I'll ask this question to begin. How many have ever been asked a question by the Lord? Anybody in here, the Lord speak to you and ask you a question? Absolutely. And for me, it was, and I, I believe this is where a lot of people are right now in the body of Christ, but I think especially this is very, very applicable to our church and where we are moving forward in the things of God. Because not only are we growing numerically, I see such hunger in the body right now. Anybody else hungry besides me? Come on. I came into a place of hungry people, I hope. Because the Lord asked me a question, and this was uh, best of my recollection, was probably around 2001. I graduated from Bible school. I was uh, working full-time and also ministering at the church that I came from up in Ohio. So I had moved back to Ohio working full-time, helping my church out and uh, just seeking the lord on what direction to go and lee and i i think at this time we were either just getting ready to be engaged or we were definitely dating at the time moving towards an engagement and i just i i, I was just seeking the lord and i felt led by the lord to go on a little prayer retreat and I was praying about direction and what God had for me because how many understand that when you're heading in the direction that God wants, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be a smooth sailing trip. Has anybody else experienced that? Yeah. Because no no father in the faith, no mentor, no, no good friend, no pastor, uh, nobody really warned me that God is a God of process. Everybody say process. I, I say that to you guys a lot because I want you to to understand that, that God doesn't do anything quickly. He does not. He is a God who is very, very invested in, in, in our lives in a way that he'll take you through a process. And I asked, I felt a, a question from the Lord while I was praying and seeking him during that time. And the, the, the question was this, do you want me more than anything else? And, of course, that was a natural hearty from my heart of hearts. Yes, God, I want you more than anything else, God. I want to, because I had prayed a prayer a few years before that, and the Lord reminded me of that while I was praying. And in my simplicity of my heart, I was not raised in church. I did not know the word of God very well, if at all. And uh, I came across a passage not long after being saved about the close relationship that Moses had with God and how God would would meet with him face-to-face in the tabernacle and how God hid him in the cleft of the rock and let his glory pass by. And I I prayed a a simple prayer but a sincere prayer, and I said, God, I want to know you like that. I want to know you like Moses knew you I was a very young Christian. What I didn't know when God asked you a question of, do you want me more than anything else? What I was not prepared for and what we will look at today is that many, many, many times when you begin to feel led by the spirit to go to a new level. In God, And I hope that's your desire this morning, is that you don't want to stay the same way you walked in this room today, but that you have such a desperation and hunger for God and the things of God, because God can work with somebody that's hungry for Him. But I didn't know the process that I was getting ready to go through, because nobody had told me and warned me, and this was again about 2001. Within a couple years after that, I would be married and be on the mission field. But here's where God led me after I gave that hearty yes. And I've been serving God for several years at this point, was in love with him, was doing everything that he wanted me to do and and being led by him and all those different things. But to go deeper with God, because in your spiritual life, church, I want you to catch this this morning, in your spiritual life, there is no static place in your relationship with God. You are either moving forward or you're getting pulled back into the things that maybe you walked away from at one time or the things that you left behind maybe some relationships and friends the enemy knows what he can pull on and in the scripture we're getting ready to leave it even says that he left Jesus for a more opportune time and in that season of seeking him and crying out to him and saying God I want you more than I want ministry more than I want a spouse more than I want a job more than I want some of you need to get so desperate that you say to God, God, I need you more than my next breath because his breath is where your life comes from anyway. And I got so hungry and so stirred up and and God asked me a question and again and said, do you want me more than anything else? And I said, yes. What I wasn't prepared for was where he led me after that. Yes. Which was the wilderness. Everybody say wilderness. Wilderness. The wilderness is a place defined by God because in Exodus 13, and you can go look at it yourself, that when God brought the people, the children of Israel, His people, out of Egypt and was taking them to the place called the Promised Land... There was a place in between called the wilderness. And in Exodus 13, it literally says that he did not take them by this way that would have been the shortest distance. He took them the long way. Everybody say the long way around. (laughs) Anybody else in your spiritual life feel like you're taking the long way around sometimes? Absolutely. But the wilderness is custom created by God. And for several things that we'll talk about today, but I'll tell you one thing in particular that it will do. And it says this by way of people of Israel and Exodus that were taken out of Egypt through into the promised land. And it said he took them that way to humble them. Listen, you're not going to get more of God until you let go of some pride. Pastor came to tell you the truth this morning that a lot of what's holding people back is what everybody else thinks about them. Well, what if they know I serve Jesus? What if, I, I see a generation rising up right now that doesn't care what their friends think. They care about Jesus and his kingdom. Listen, God can shake school systems with people like that. God can shake a community with people that are sold out, on fire, want nothing but him. But I came to warn you this morning, because nobody warned me in 2001, that when I said, yes, I want you more than anything else, I went into a season of the enemy attacking me, the enemy coming against me, and I ended up in Mexico City in a garbage dump. That was not on my planning sheet, y'all. Went through another season years after that where God, and I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, God just kind of took me and put me up on a shelf. And it's during those times and seasons that God really truly, like he did for the people of Israel, he is, he's not only wanting to bring you into a wide place because my God is a deliverer this morning. He wants to put you in a place of relationship, but don't be surprised when the enemy is coming against you. There are. I'm, I'm talking to many, many people that over the last two, three years, whether you were away from the Lord for a long period of time or perhaps you've just given your heart and life to the Lord, say in the last six, eight, ten months, a year, two years, the, as many people as we've baptized over the last couple of years, we have a lot of new believers and, and people that made a fresh commitment to Christ and you, you're no longer a prodigal, you're home. But let me warn you today, there will be bumps in the road. There will be times and seasons where you get into a place that feels like, God, I look around and it seems like, God, you made, you're on the other side of the world at this point. Has anybody else been in that place where you look around and you're like, God, where are you? Where, where have you led me? What is going on in my life? I've certainly, if you've walked with God for any length of time, but if you're a new believer, listen to me this morning. As we look in Matthew chapter 3, and Jesus, and it says very clearly, he was fulfilling righteousness by coming down to the muddy banks of the Jordan River. And he comes to John, and John very clearly and very succinctly just simply says, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandal. You're the son of the living God. You are the, you're the one. I should, you should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be baptized by you. But the interesting thing about this that we often miss, when John comes as one, a voice crying in the, yes. make ye straight the way of the Lord. And he's one crying in the wilderness, and he's preparing. The interesting thing about this that we miss, and we look right over it, in culturally and in Jewish history, Jews did not baptize Jews. Jewish people were coming to be baptized. Jews baptized proselytes who were of another culture and of another faith and they worship this god or that god and they have a revelation say i want to worship the true god and there was there's all kinds of people that did that that converted to judaism during the years leading up to this point but the interesting thing about this is jews baptized but here's here's what i want to point out and listen to me this is a word from the lord right now for many of you in this room god is calling you to renew a relationship with him he is. What the Jews were doing was saying, if, if the Messiah is coming, we want to be right. And it was for the remission of sins. He was baptizing them. So Jesus comes to the banks of the muddy Jordan River. God has a plan in mind. Because church, if, if, if I'm the son of God, 40 days in the wilderness is not probably going to be on my agenda. I'm just speaking for myself, right? I, I'm talking like, I want a banner. The son of God is here. And I'm here to do miracles. I'm here to tell you about the kingdom. I'm here to show you who I am. But we often misunderstand the seasons of God that we're in and we don't get what God is trying to either work out of us because they had come out of Egypt and were free. But Egypt was still in the people of God. So God took them by way of the wilderness to humble them, to teach them how to completely rely upon him and him alone, a fire by night and a cloud by day. He was showing them who their God was and that their God could be trusted to come through. That their God could lead them by way of dry ground. Literally Hebrews means when the people of Israel were called Hebrews. It literally means one who crosses over. And the word I have for you this morning is: God may have led you to a Red Sea or a Jordan River, and you don't see any way crossed. But we have a God that can part Red Seas and part Jordan Rivers. But listen to me this morning: Any time that you exit one thing, you have to let the old season die in the season that it was, so that you can cross into something new and fresh that God has for you. Because so often we become so stagnant in our relationship with Him, and oftentimes it's because we missed a season where God was, was cheering us on and leading us to go to a new place, to go to a new level. Because here's the key this morning. Everybody say this. I'm promoted, I'm promoted. In, the in the wilderness. The reason that God would put you in the wilderness is because he wants to promote you to a new place in him. Do I have any people want to go to a new place in God? Because I, this man does. I don't want to stay in the same place that I am. I want to continually be moving forward into fresh places of faith and fresh places of anointing and fresh places of relationship. Because church, if you think you've got all that you need or all that God is offering you, buckle up. God has so much more. My job isn't to preach you into it. My job is just to make you a little bit thirsty and hungry for what God has for you. Amen? Amen. And I said, God, in that season, I want you more than anything else. Stay in Matthew 3, but I'm going to read Exodus 13, verse, verse 17. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Can I remind you, you're in a war this morning, okay? If you don't understand that you are in a spiritual war, then you're already defeated. You have to know that you have an enemy. You have to also know that you're victorious in Christ already, no matter what the enemy is. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks Out of the land of Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness. There's a quick way to get there. And there's a long way to get there. And don't be surprised when you say in your heart this morning perhaps, God, I hear what the pastor's saying. I believe that's the word of the Holy Spirit for me personally, for my family, for this church, for our community. That God is calling us deeper. God is calling us to a fresh place of anointing. I want to remind you that Jesus... In the scripture, we're about to read in just a second. But when the Holy Spirit comes on him, it says the Spirit then led him up out of the Jordan River and into the wilderness. Don't be afraid of the wilderness. Don't be afraid of those times where you look around and it feels like, well, my friends aren't really with me anymore. This person's not with me anymore. I don't feel like I've got any help. Let me tell you something this morning. It's those narrow places in wilderness times where you get the feel. And that doesn't mean that other people can't encourage you. That doesn't mean anything else. I know this about God. When he gets somebody alone, it feels very confined and narrow. But God is leading you through an open door that is ahead of you that if you saw it and knew it now, you'd be rejoicing of what God is going to do because that's a part of the key is you've got to trust him in that wilderness period. When I said yes to God and I've said, listen, I say yes to God every single morning of my life. Anybody else? I say yes to God every single day. A fresh yes, God, I will love you. I will serve you. I will do what you want me to do. So look here in Matthew 3 and we will continue on with our scripture this morning Matthew 3 verse 13 so just look about halfway down the page there and the NIV reads it like this then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John but John tried to deter him saying I need to be baptized by you and you coming to me Jesus replied let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness then John consented As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is the important part, listen real closely, this is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Then in chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and minister to him. Father, for these next minutes and moments, as we reverence and honor your word, I pray that your word would be more powerful than any two-edged sword, that it would literally divide between soul and spirit, that it would divide between joy and marrow, that God, your word would have the ability to find its way into our hearts and bring correction, bring encouragement, challenge us today, Holy Spirit, to go deeper in you, deeper in love, deeper in relationship, Deeper for our family's sake, for our our marriage's sake, for our community's sake. Lord, you're looking to and fro across the whole earth to see whose hearts are completely set upon you. We say today, Lord, as we honor your word, our hearts are set on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, again, in this passage, Jesus is getting ready to embark on his public ministry. He's getting ready. and, And again, if I'm the Son of God, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and prayer. It points to something important this morning that just because you thought that this is the way God was going to lead you into what God has for you doesn't mean that that's God's plan. Amen. How many of you found out I've, I've come up with some really good ways for God to solve things for me and he never takes me up on them. He seems like no, but it's funny. Oftentimes our plans for our lives isn't exactly what God's planned for us. Again, I talked about how God led them into the wilderness for one main reason to humble them, and how humbling the Son of God. And and, and, and I want you to catch this. I talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, and I'll say it again because in this passage, Jesus is baptized to fill righteousness. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And here, this is important. This is one of the most important parts. Jesus is not only anointed and filled with the Spirit in that moment, but he also has the Word of God memorized and hidden in his heart. That's simple this morning, but if you're a young Christian, let me tell you the most powerful thing that you can do is to get the word of God memorized in your heart because when you are in a wilderness, when you are in a battle, and the enemy doesn't come in opportune times. Anybody else notice that? In other words, it's not those times when you're feeling like you could conquer the world and you've been reading your Bible for a week and everything's good and the marriage is good and the kids aren't acting crazy, which I've never had one of those times for 17 years. So I don't even know what that's like. But he never comes at those times. What times do he, does he come? He comes when we're weak. He comes when we're discouraged. He comes when we feel like, well, you know, I, I can't find a good church to plant myself. I can't, you know, I, 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 this is going wrong, that's going wrong. And after, after 40 days and 40 nights, but I want to point this out because this is incredibly important in this story. And there's a lot of Christians that don't understand this. Jesus was fully man and fully God. Amen? He was just as, much, just as much God as if he wasn't man at all. And he was just as much man and human divine. He is the second Adam. Amen. So what you see in this story is something that you would read and say, well, that was Jesus. And, and He used His divinity to conquer the devil. I want to point out that Jesus didn't use anything that is not available to you and I. Because you've got the Word of God, you've got prayer, and you've got a Holy Ghost deep down on the inside of you in order to defeat what the enemy would try to pull. And when you're in the wilderness like Jesus was, the temptations that that, that the enemy threw at Jesus was for different reasons, but one of the main ones is he was trying, everything that he tempted Jesus with was already going to be Jesus's after he sacrificed himself on the cross for your and i's sin. It was all going to be his anyway. What he was trying to do is try to get Jesus to circumvent the process of God. That's the enemy's temptation is to for you to try to team up and do it another way besides what God is telling you to do it. And man, I have gotten out, way out there by just not simply saying no. I, that, that I could do that, but God said no. Amen? Yeah. I mean, well, look at the temptations. Let's look at those for just a second. The first temptation was this. Everybody say preparation. preparation. Everybody say Promotion. Because I want to point out to you that God will never tempt you, but God will test you. You need to know that. He Not like, listen to me, not like a school teacher. I had one of those, third grade, I had a school teacher who wore those glasses, you know. She was it seemed like she was always looking at me. Just like, he ain't going to pass this one either, you know. That's not how God operates, listen to me. God will, God You never fail tests with God. You just keep taking them and taking them. And some of you all, you're on your 156th try. And God's kind of saying, come on, come on. Because God will never leave you empty. God will never leave or forsake you. God will never leave you in the wilderness. But the wilderness is supposed to have its purpose in all of our lives. And one of the purposes is God wants you to understand how to defeat the enemy. When he led the people out of Egypt, he said, Ah, they're not ready for war yet. I'm going to lead them the long way so they'll learn how to fight and learn how to trust. and learn." If you want to know the season perhaps you're in where you look around and say, Man, it feels like everybody else has abandoned me. It feels like I'm in transition. Everything feels kind of dark and like I'm confused. And where's God in all this? Honey, buckle up because he has something ahead of you. But the enemy is going to come and try to convince you that you got out into the wilderness on your own. Because wasn't that the first temptation? If. You are the Son of God. He questions his identity. And then he comes along and the second temptation is this. Satan takes Jesus to church. Y'all didn't know Satan comes to church. He comes to church more than some of y'all. Am I lying? Jesus, Satan's temptation was for Jesus to throw himself... So something supernatural would happen. But listen to me. Each time Jesus used Scripture to refute the devil, He did not use anything that was not available to you and I this morning. Absolutely nothing. Listen, if you want to understand how to defeat the devil, learn the word and speak it out of your mouth against what He's trying to tempt you in. Because, again, the enemy was just trying to get him to circumvent the process that God had. And some of you have been stuck in process for so long that you forgot that the process was meant to be your promotion. You just haven't gotten there yet. Because you haven't learned everything that God wants you to learn in it. When I said yes to God, yes, God, I want you more than anything else. Again, I had not buckled up and prepared myself that I went directly into a wilderness, Directly into a time of of temptation. Directly into a time of attack. And I thought, man, if this is what a yes to God means, listen. If you've been sold a bill of goods about Christianity that come to Jesus and it's all it's all cupcakes and Twinkies, it's not. It's warfare. It's fighting against the enemy. And listen, we're living in a culture that looks down, and actually, there's a hatred forming for people that believe truth anymore. So we don't need to be Christians that don't know how to fight the enemy. We need to know how. To overcome him. So then temptation three, he takes Jesus and shows him all the kingdoms of the earth. It's my opinion, definitely an opinion. I believe that that Satan, and, and Jesus did not refute his being able to offer these things to him. He just wanted Jesus to do it in a way that wasn't ordained by God. Okay, But I believe he showed him past, present, and future every kingdom of the world throughout all of history. And Jesus is standing up there and he says, every temptation was an attempt to get Jesus to bypass God's way of doing things into the enemy's way of doing things. And that's the question that God has for us regularly. Listen to me this morning. Are you going to do it God's way or are you going to do it your way? Are you going to do it God's way or are you going to do it your way? Because that's really the choice. That's the choice that Jesus was faced with in that moment. And again, to to say it again, Jesus was fully God and fully man. Amen. But we see in the, in the Jordan river, there's more to it than meets the eye because Jesus and God wanted us to know that we certainly aren't sinless. Amen. He's the second Adam. Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. He's sinless but it also points to a lot of us live defeated lives because we think that that's just normal Christianity. I came to tell you, you can hear the word of God in and over your life and let that word, the same words that the Father spoke over Jesus, listen to me, He speaks over you. Because it is in these temptations that we see God speaking this over Jesus. So as Jesus is facing 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, as he's facing the temptation by the enemy, he's trying to get him to circumvent God's process in his life, and he speaks this over Jesus. How many understand God gave you weapons? Amen? If you don't know that this morning, God gave you weapons. He gave you a spirit on the inside. He gave you the word, and he gave you a voice to come against him. So the, God has a plan, the devil has a plan, and Jesus was at his very weakest, and that's usually when the t- trial comes. So what God has equipped us with to combat the devil, what is it? What has he given us? One thing I love is that John was called a voice in the wilderness. Listen, if you're in the wilderness today, you're going to hear voices, but one's the enemy and one's God speaking over you, and you need to tune yourself into what God's saying. And it's hard to do sometimes. There's a lot of voices in the wind. Amen. There's a lot of voices that we can listen to. Number one, he says over him, and these are weapons that you can use in your wilderness season. And, and if you're not in one now, I'm telling you, honey, buckle up because there's there's always there's always a fresh test coming. Amen. It's always a fresh thing that God's trying to bring us to in a new level in Him. Everybody, say this is. This is. That's the first thing that he spoke to his son Jesus when God was. Doing for Jesus was giving him his identity. Everybody say identity. Listen, if you're going to make it through wilderness seasons, hard times where you're constricted and you feel like, God, it's just you and I going through this. If you're going to make it through those wilderness and get promoted on the other side, listen, what the enemy is going to try to to do to you is not tell you who you are. He's going to try to tell you who you're not. Right? He comes. He comes to Jesus if you really are the Son of God. So back here at the baptism, the Father is speaking very clearly as a weapon arming Jesus, who we have the same spirit, we have the same word, and listen to me, we have the word of God deep down in our heart, and what God is speaking over some of you this morning is you've allowed the enemy to define you and not God. And if you allow the enemy to continue to define you, you will walk out and live the way the enemy wants you to live instead of understanding that you are a blood-bought, redeemed child of the King and the living God because he says, this is. Because that's what the enemy comes and says when you're in the wilderness. I've had him do it to me. You know, if God really loved you, why would you be going through this? If God was really so good then why did that person pass away unexpectedly? If God was really for you, and he loves those if questions, doesn't he? Because what he's trying to do is the same thing he's done to me, and he's been successful in the past. He's trying to plant doubts about who you are and about who your God is. And there's a lot of people in here that not only are you living out of what the enemy is trying to say, some of you are living out of what other people have said about you. Amen? Amen? I had that after getting saved. I mean, I was one of the wildest people in my county for several years, and I happened to go to church with a Christian girl I was dating, and they they had a group of ladies pull her aside and be like, "What are you doing with him?" And you know, if I wouldn't have been strong in my relationship with God and had mentors in my life telling me this is what God has done for me, and that, that that's no longer who you are. You're redeemed. You're a new creation. You're above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You're an adopted child of God by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The enemy was trying to simply get Jesus to say, if, 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 if you're the Son of God, then do this. And one of the weapons we can use against Him is going back and understanding God's Word, that God speaks to us that we are secure in Him. Amen? Because that's the second word that he spoke. Everybody say, beloved. beloved. is it good to know you're beloved by God? Yes. Oh, church, you're, you're beloved. He said, this is my beloved son. So the second key isn't just your identity this morning. The second key is this, security. Everybody say security. security. Listen, if you're the type of person that is constantly worried if you're going to make it to heaven, this weapon is for you. Okay? Yeah. It, 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 what what if my kids, every morning that I wake up and I'm eating a bowl of cereal and they're up getting ready for school, what if they stuck their head in every five minutes? Am I still your kid? Am I still yours? Am I still yours? How often do we do that to God? And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just carnal enough where I have to look at the Father sometimes and say, God, I know it doesn't make any sense, but do you love me? Does anybody else? right? You still love me, right? Just me? But I hear these same words. Listen, you say, well, he spoke that over his son, Jesus. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And church, the only way that you're ever going to live in victory over the enemy is you not only need to know and hear that this is my beloved. You need to hear the father just speaking the beloved over you today. Listen, that will get you through the wilderness. That will get you through those tough times where you're looking and saying, God, I don't know which way is up and which way I'm going. Because relationships are built on security, right? Listen, you want to know what a real friend is? A real friend is one who will stick closer when everything else is going out the window, right? Because if you don't have security, you'll never have maturity, okay? If you don't have security and secure in who you are, in the Lord. And, and church, I'm not talking about those times, and we all have them, where, again, you're, you're reading your Bible, you're on top of the world, you're doing so good, you're winning people to Christ, you come and worship three times a week, you come on Wednesdays, you're hearing the word, you're in Bible studies. Church, I'm the security are for times when you've blown it. Has anybody else besides me blown it? <laughs> Look, you clicked on that that you knew you shouldn't click on. You said something to somebody, maybe your spouse that you knew was in anger in that moment. You thought, God, it's in those moments that this word is built upon because I'm so glad that when I mess up, God doesn't kick me out. Amen? Amen. Amen. He keeps on loving me through it. Look, how many are like me and believe that it takes a lot more faith to believe that I'm saved on those days where things aren't going well and I've messed up? than the days when I'm doing great. Absolutely. But here's the thing, and you know this, that's when the enemy comes. Yeah. If you were really a son of God. He always, isn't he always questioning? He did it all the way back in the garden. Did God really say? Did God really tell you that? Some of you are stepping out into ministries and looking towards your future, and I promise you the enemy will come and He'll just simply try to get you off of a place of security in what God said and when He's going to... But don't look for the quick thing because I don't, I don't serve a God of the quick. He's a God of process. Amen? Amen? We're always wanting the quickest route. We're always wanting the shortest distance. We're always wanting the easiest path. But if you're serious about this Christianity thing, it's not always going to be an easy path. There's going to be times and seasons where, like Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness... Going towards his purpose and the plans that God has. Number three, he calls him son. Everybody say son. son. Now this is God speaking authority over Jesus' life. Everybody say authority. authority. Listen, a son in that day did not just mean offspring in a natural way. The husband and wife, it, it didn't just mean that. In that day, being a son meant you had all access to all the power, all the authority, and all the resources of the father. Are you hearing me? It meant that you had access to all the power, all the authority, and all the re- In other words, if it was your father's, then it, when you were called son, it became yours. And the interesting thing about their culture, Roman culture, Jewish culture, a lot of cultures at that time, when people had a son, they were given over to a tutor for a period of years, Usually up until about 16 years old. In, in, in those cultures, a lot of times, they weren't even considered a son until they were presented back to the father, okay, and presented to the father. And now he says, you are my son. And what the what that meant was everything that I have is everything that you have. You need to understand when you're fighting your way through the wilderness, everything that God has by a child, you have it today. You have authority. You have resources. You have spiritual power. Why? Because you're beloved. And God never leaves us unequipped. So when God is calling him my son, he wasn't just calling him a servant. He was saying, this is my son with all of my resources. And listen, you need to just simply connect the dots between you and Jesus. So how do I do that? If you've repented of your sin and you've received Jesus into your heart, guess what you are? You are a child of God. And connect the dots between you say, Well, that was Jesus. Jesus, the Father was speaking that over Jesus. If you never hear the the, the Father speaking this over you, you're going to be unequipped for warfare. You're going to be unequipped for the lies of the enemy. You say, How do I know the devil's lying? If he's speaking, he's lying. Because he is the father of he produces lies. We talked about the wheat and the tares a couple weeks ago, and and one of the things that went through my mind is not just in the way of believers and unbelievers, but one of the things the enemy loves to do is sow lies into our lives. And a lot of times the, the good grows right along with the bad, but God can come in and rip out those lies of the enemy that keeps telling you that you have no power, you have no authority, you can't change this in your family, honey. Let me tell you something. When God is for you, who can be against you? When you're a child of God, everything that the Father has, connect the dots between you and Jesus. Because if you're saved this morning, you are in Christ. When you're coming to the Father, He's not seeing you anyway. He's seeing you in Him. And we have an advocate with the Father. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is even praying for you right now? He lives to make intercession before the throne of God. Man, you should walk out of here ready to fight the devil. Come on, somebody. Because we are in a fight against the enemy. And he says that if you really are a son of God. If you are. If, if, if. And listen, the enemy has no new tricks. Discouragement is a well-worn tool. Coming in and just continually chipping away with all the busyness of life. The wilderness can really get you discombobulated if you don't keep your eyes focused on what's on the other side of the wilderness. Because after the wilderness, Jesus comes into the temple. I talked about it Wednesday. He comes into the temple. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the captives, to see people who don't have spiritual sight let their, let their eyes be open. Number four, in whom? Everybody say, in whom? In whom. Number four... The, the weapon is confidence. It's confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Understand and, and think of this. We think that when Jesus stepped down into the water and, and, and the Father said, In whom I am well pleased. It's because Jesus had done miracles and Jesus had seen the dead raised and Jesus had done this. And Jesus, Can I point out to you? Jesus hadn't done any of those things. Up to that point. Oftentimes, we think God's love is predicated on by doing something for him. When in God's mind and God's eyes, you're loved, valued, and received into the family simply because of whose you are. He looks at him and says, in whom I am well pleased. Well, again, we oftentimes think, well, God, if, if, if this is what you want me to do, then can I? Okay, let me put it a different way. God likes you. Are you hearing me? Yes. yes. He really, and we say that, we say that to ourselves, man, I just, you know, God, God just tolerates me. He doesn't. He loves you and wants such a close relationship with each and every one of us that we run to him with every concern. We run to him with every problem. And here he's giving his son the weapons that he would need to go into the wilderness to have the word of God in his heart to defeat the enemy because the enemy is defeated when we know whose we are and we know why God sent us, why God called us, why, where God's taking us. And sometimes that wilderness can kind of get us discombobulated. So we have weapons. We have identity, security, authority, and confidence. And number five, in whom I am well pleased. God didn't just say pleased. But he said, well, please, stand up with me this morning as we begin to close today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why is that a weapon? Here's the final weapon, and this is what I want God to do. Matter of fact, Gary's in the back teaching. Here's what I want to do is the reason that that's important is because when you're going through a wilderness, when it feels like the enemy's just coming and coming and coming, you don't know which end is up, and you don't know how to fight your way through it, listen to me. The reason that that's important, because the final weapon is probably the most important, and it's called peace. Everybody say peace. peace. One of the most beautiful parts of being in a relationship with God is when you're in the storm, when you're in the wilderness when you're going through a dark and difficult time that you, again, especially if you've got teenagers, I pray for myself and you all every single day because those are dark, hard, difficult things of your kids going off this way and your kids going that way and things happening and all the things that we all do and put up with work, all the different situations. Because Paul said this, the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace peace is a weapon y'all and i think there's no better testimony for the world around us with all of its uproar and all of the things that that are going on that so many people rightfully so wars and rumors of wars all the things we're literally i'm filling up my bingo card of end times like things happening like lord there's only a couple left so people get ready and in church And, you know, I don't necessarily preach doom and gloom, but it's going to get dark (laughs) and darker. But I believe that God has put us here for such a time as this. What better testimony? And I hope that especially for three years ago, walking through COVID, walking through, I preach this a lot because I told our people that that. The thing that is going to witness to the world around us is they are living in w- under a spirit of fear. Is the people of God knowing that their God is for them, that He's their that He's their Father, and that the weapon that we can have in any situation going through the wilderness is just the peace of God. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads this morning, close your eyes. I I prayed as I was preparing for this that the tangible peace. The presence of because peace isn't a feeling; it's a person. Church, it's His name is Jesus. The greatest weapon you will have against the enemy, walking through a difficult wilderness, is just peace. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, today, God, I pray with all of my heart. Father, I stand in my. Governmental role as pastor of this church. And I speak, God, the peace of God. Let a wind like a breath from heaven just blow across this congregation right now in this moment, Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, in your word, you told us very clearly that let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You also told us, Father, that by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to let our request be made known to God and the, and the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind. So God, I pray today that that peace would just find its way, not in a, a mental way, but in a deep spiritual way, God. Father, I thank you for those who are walking through a wilderness season and time. God, I thank you for that because I know that there's promotion on the other side of it. God, I know that there's a deeper level of relationship and intimacy with you on the other side of it. So, God, I pray that you would strengthen, Father, legs that feel feeble this morning, that you would strengthen hearts that feel like they could only turn and go back. Father, I pray today that they would hear a voice from heaven just like in Matthew 3. This is my child in whom I am well pleased. God, we understand the only thing that pleases you completely is faith. In your goodness, faith in the blood, faith in the cross, and faith that God, no matter what we see around us with our natural eyes, Lord, you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. We are armed with the Word of God. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We have the blood of Jesus applied to us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And God, we walk in victory today, Father. And let victory just make its way and let peace and victory and encouragement, God, today come to your people. Lord, remind us of this in dark times. Remind us of this when bad news comes. That we can pull out the fact that, Lord, you see all and you know all. You are sovereign. And you have us in the palm of your hand. We are continually before you. Our names are engraved. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Your name is... Your name is engraved on the palm of the hand of the Father. Your walls are continually before Him. You. Yes, you. You. He loves you. I had a word that was spoken to me just a little bit ago and it was the scripture that says, Paul I know. And they, those guys I know, but who are you? Listen, everything I've talked about is because I am in a relationship with God that I started 23 years ago, 26 years ago now. I just had a moment where the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and I saw my sinful condition. I saw that I was apart from God, that there was a great gulf affixed between me and God. And there was no way that this sinful man could ever get to Him until I looked upon the Lamb of God until I looked upon the sacrifice and the blood of the cross. And I started my relationship with God in that moment. I want to ask this question that does, does you say, Well, I know who Jesus is. Does He know you? Because that is eternal life. That He knows you. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, to ask the question this morning Are you right with God? This is not a time to be living halfway in and halfway out, church. We are living in times where you've got to be completely sold out for the cause of Christ and His kingdom because you will not make it through the days and years ahead unless you have a deep reservoir of the oil of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to keep your, lip tr- your lamp trimmed and filled with oil, ready for the shout of the bridegroom. Let me ask this question. Who wants to give their heart to Jesus today? I'll just make it that simple. Anybody in this room say, I need to get right with God. He's been dealing with me. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's all pray this together. There's about eight people giving their hearts to the Lord today. Let's pray this. Heavenly Father, Father, I hear your word. I hear your your invitation. I decide today today to leave my old life behind behind. and make make you Lord of my life. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my life. I believe today that you are the Lord, that you are the Savior, and that you've invited me into a relationship with you. Come into my life. Change my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's praise God for salvation. Hallelujah praise jesus well i want to do what i always do on sundays is to bless the people as my role as a pastor i just want our families to be blessed for us to uh, walk in the ways of god and the blessings of god so just lift your hands right there where you are and let your pastor bless you father we are blessed coming in and i pray we will be blessed going out that god we are blessed at work and we are blessed in our homes father today we join our hearts together as the parents and adults in this church, and we pray blessings over our children and our children's children, generations to come, Lord, if you tarry, we'll be blessed by the hand of God. Father, I pray your protection around all the believers here, that, Lord, there would be a hedge about them, that angels would surround them continually. Father, those who are heirs of salvation, let their angel be close by, and let the angels guard them in every way and bring us back together at your appointed time, Father. God, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory today. This is the day you have made. Father, we will rejoice the rest of the day in your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed today. God bless you.